0: Welcome to Today's Issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano.
1: And good morning. Welcome to Today's Issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wilman today. I'll explain why in just a moment, but first let me introduce the two guys who are going to help me. Get this program off the ground. Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. I am here to help you. Help <laughs> me help you, Ed. That's right. In any way that I
0: can <laughs> to help you through the day, which happens to be. Now, you knew I was going to say
1: this. Uh, Canada, do we want to go right to it? Canada Day. Canada Day. Canada Day. So Our, happy Canada Day. What? What? What is Canada Day? What, what does that mean? Oh. <sighs> Yes, I, I'm not being from Canada. In 1867,
0: a bunch of guys got together in Charlottetown, PEI, Canada, and said, we should be a nation. Let's put together this this group of people. In Prince 18, Edward Island. 1867, they signed on to all of this. And so Canada, let me, 154 today, I think it is, 154. So
1: Canada as a nation has only existed since 1867. 1867,
0: yes. As a nation. As a nation. But
1: it was a a commonwealth of the British Empire?
0: Yes. And it is, it still is. Okay. Technically, technically, uh, they still, the the parliament is very much like the British parliament. Yeah. Uh, In Canada, they have a governor general, which is the quotation marks, the queen's representative.
1: Ah, okay. He
0: reads the speech from the throne or she, whoever it happens to be. But, yep. Happy Canada Day. You know, there's a million of us living here in the United States, yeah, and our uh, our friend here often says, uh, we have a coup planned.
1: Yes. That's Chris Woodward's
0: we're voice. Still, here. We're yeah. still working
2: on it. Every time Fred goes on vacation, it's like, buckle up, folks. Something's going to happen. The Canadian cabal. You know, they're, they're, they got a secret handshake and they meeted Tim Hortons.
1: Tim Hortons being a, a famous hockey player in the NHL, but he also has a string of kind of like Dunkin' Donuts. And it they? has
2: ties to Burger King, which is based in the U.S. See? Yes. Piecing Uh, it all together. I
1: can see this conspiracy has legs, doesn't it? We're coming together.
2: By the way, in honor of Canada Day, I displayed the Canadian flag in the correct way because it was in 1992 during the World Series between the Blue Jays and the Braves that we accidentally displayed the Canadian flag upside down. Do you remember that? I don't. I do. How can you rip- possibly
0: put the maple leaf upside down?
2: Well, they did. And I remember hearing somebody say, well, I mean, that's the way the leaf hangs from the tree. <laughs> oh so, oh, oh. you know what? Americans
1: sometimes can be so dumb. Maybe we need the Canadians to help us. So, anyway, happy Canada yes. Day, day yes. to you Thank, friend. you. Thank you. Now, Thank the you. reason Tim Wilman is not here is because he and his lovely wife, Allison, went to Omaha, Nebraska, to pick up some really good steaks, yes. Omaha steaks. Chris, just kind of <laughs> let our listeners know. For those who don't know, what happened in Omaha
2: last yes. night? Yes, Mississippi State and its baseball team won the NCAA College World Series. It is the first national title in a team sport for the Mississippi State University, oh, which we is based got in. Got the cowbell. Very nice touch, <laughs> nice. to Brent Creely. There, good. Uh, Chad will validate your parking. Um, but, yeah, so Mississippi State defeated Vanderbilt, a very great uh, team, the defending champion prior to last night. Uh, it was a most exciting game for us Bulldogs and certainly uh, for the nation as, I guess, really millions of people tuned in to watch what was game three, uh, the elimination game for the um, –
0: now, now, Vandy College won the first season. one handily. Yes. yes.
2: And I had a big first inning, yeah. Yeah,
0: and then Mississippi State came back and, they won, did.
2: and won the last yeah. two. Uh, Vanderbilt had seven fashion. runs or something like that in the first game, in the first inning of the first game, which obviously gave uh, their pitcher a little bit of a, a break, no pressure, you know, uh, situation. And then uh, Mississippi State came back and won game two, forced a game three, and then just out, really had a shutout, no-hitter going up until late into the game, so.
1: Well, and I saw uh, watched the game on uh, ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, no, actually, it was a different uh, uh, Fubo TV. Anyway, I, I saw I saw Tim and Allison on screen you can last see night them. again. Last night again. What are they, oh, they were? They were behind. Well, they were behind uh, uh, the uh, backstop mm-hmm. uh, to the right a little bit. Was so. Tim eating popcorn? No, he was uh, not. That I saw, he wasn't. <laughs> He wasn't eating popcorn. So, anyway, uh, a tip of the hat to Mississippi yeah. State fans. Yes. Our uh, flagship station. We have 181 stations in our network in, like, 36 states, I think. But our flagship station is here in Tupelo, Mississippi. There are a lot of old Miss fans mm-hmm. that uh, listen uh, to American Family Radio, a lot of Mississippi mississippi state fans so well you mentioned uh, Ole Miss real quick earlier this
2: uh, year the Ole miss women's golf team won the national title so the magnolia state actually has two national championships to brag about right well, now. well good good
1: wow. i'm happy for mississippi yeah and uh we wanted to congratulate them and that is where tim will be back mm-hmm. uh tomorrow for trivia friday that's my expectation so all right chris we have a couple of pretty big uh supreme court rule yes and today. i'm
2: glad one of these finally came down because i've been talking about this case <laughs> for a month and saying it was coming down any day now and finally it <laughs> did uh, this is the thomas moore law center v bonta case bonta being the last name of the current california attorney general but this issue goes back to when kamala harris was attorney general for california there has been a law policy what have you involving uh, the state requiring nonprofits to turn over their donor lists and a number of nonprofits had issues with this uh, one of them being Thomas Moore Law Center which is based in Michigan they were represented by Alliance defending freedom
1: they're a conservative yes. Christian uh, law firm
2: mm-hmm. and Thomas Moore Law Center argues a lot of cases involving judeo-christian values uh, you know things involving same-sex marriage or uh, faith, You know, business owners that want to live and work according to their faith and stuff like that. So Thomas Moore Law Center said this is not right. The Supreme Court needs to hear this case. We have some major free speech, freedom of association issues going on here. And in a six to three decision this morning, the Supreme Court ruled in Thomas Moore Law Center's favor. This case was also consolidated with a similar case involving uh, Americans for Prosperity Foundation v. Bonta. Similar situation. They didn't want to have to identify their donors to the state of California. So it was a 6-3 to three decision, and I've got some audio here of Shannon Bream of Fox News uh, talking about the decision, clip 12.
3: This was an interesting case because it brought together groups like the ACLU and the Heritage Foundation on the left and the right saying, no, we don't think that groups should be forced to give up the names of people who have donated to these political causes or groups. Six to three again, again, the conservative and liberal wings at odds with each other here saying that that California law cannot stand. Everybody wanted a piece of writing something about this. But here's a bit from the opinion, uh, the majority opinion. It says when it comes to the freedom of association, the protection of the First Amendment uh, are tri- Triggered not only by actual restrictions on an individual's ability to join with others, to further shared goals. The risk of a chilling effect on association is enough. And that had been the argument. Um, People don't want their name out there. They may stop uh, engaging in political causes. They may stop donating to things that they personally feel connected to. If they're worried, it will be used later to dox them or to shame them.
2: Now, guys, one of the things to point out here, too, is that ADF, which represented Thomas Moore Law Center at the Supreme Court Alliance Defending yes, Freedom, Alliance Defending Freedom pointed back to a 1950s Supreme Court ruling involving the NAACP and the state of Alabama. It was back in the late 50s that the state of Alabama wanted the NAACP to turn over their donors names and identities and addresses. And the NAACP said this is not right. It's going to produce a chilling effect. It's going to cause people to not donate, not participate. And the Supreme Court told the state of Alabama, what you were doing is wrong. You need to stop it. And Here we are 60-some-odd years later uh, with a similar situation out of California. Well,
1: Fred, it is clear that the reason California, a very, very blue state,
0: mm-hmm.
1: passed this law was so that they could uh, go after the donors to conservative groups. That, that no. became clear, the two words that come to everyone's mind, cancel culture, yeah. that once you find out who's giving to groups you don't like as the state, you can leak those names, you can give them uh, to, you know, you can allow or or not even leak them, just simply give them to uh, members of the media. Yes. We've seen cases around the country. Proposition where, 8. Mm-hmm. Pro, well, Proposition 8 in California back a, in 2008.
0: Yeah, the the uh, marriage, uh, Proposition 8, marriage only between a man and a woman, uh, who was the was Brendan
1: Eich, who was the founder of Mozilla? Yes, he gave a minimal amount. I think it was a thousand dollars to Proposition Eight in support of natural marriage, and he had to had to leave. He had to That's resign right. his position.
0: Yeah. So to Shannon Bream's point mm-hmm. about what happens if you have political enemies and you donate to a particular uh, a party group or whatever the case may be, but here's the other thing too. Who was Attorney General of California when this law was put in place? Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. That speaks to her mentality also. Go after your political enemies. Bring a justice system against your political enemies. Right. And we could go on and on because I think that's the agenda of the Biden administration right now, too. And,
1: and it's probably... Well underway yes. as it was under the Obama administration. Mm. And, you know, we've covered that that issue a lot and probably will have to cover it again going forward because that's the mindset that the far left that has taken over the Democratic Party uh, has. And it is, unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm not naive, but unfortunately, the mindset of the three justices on the Supreme Court who thought it was a, a great idea. Yeah. For California to to require donors to Mm -hmm. to release this kind of uh, information or have that information out in the public, which, as you're saying, Fred, goes to the mindset Mm -hmm. of the left in this country, and that is that if you want to be what they would consider a bigot, Mm -hmm. uh, a hater, okay, in other words, you think differently than we do on issues related to marriage, sex, gender, for example— Uh, then you're going to pay the price. Yes. And and don't think for an instant that in California, if you voted for or gave money to a particular organization, well, like American Family Association, Mm -hmm. that that information wouldn't be used to keep you from getting a job at a big corporation. Yeah. I mean, this was a terrible law, a terrible idea, and frankly, shame on on the left and the three justices who thought this was a good idea. What
0: was interesting, the ACLU... Was against this, mm-hmm. as well as the NAACP. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they they voted with
1: the good guys. Right. Yeah. Well, they 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 understand. Perhaps unlike different some, motivation. Yes. Well, they they understand that sometimes the worm will turn. Yes. And you may find yourself to be the one being affected by it. It it, it might help you in the short term, but in the long term, uh, let me go ahead and use a, an, another uh, metaphor. The the sword cuts both ways. Yes. So I've got a worm turning. And a sword, double-edged sword, sure. and I—I I, I could give me time. I can think of okay. other. Hey, potpourri. Metaphors. Well, oh, yes, <laughs> potpourri. Let me tell you too. Or as uh, I said a couple of weeks ago, accidentally potpourri. <laughs> My wife mocked me. My <laughs> own wife mocked me after she heard me say potpourri you said, on the air. What?
4: <laughs> yeah. She
1: said. She said. You said. You said potpourri. I said no, I didn't. She said, "Yeah, you said potpourri." Anyway, I think I was trying to mix metaphors again, and. All right, what's the other case? You
2: put the uh, incorrect uh, emphasis, emphasis on the wrong <laughs> syllable. Emphasis, yes. All right. Yeah, there is another uh, Supreme Court uh, decision to uh, share with everybody this morning. This one you can also read about on onenewsnow.com as well as the case we just discussed. But uh, the Supreme Court today upheld voting security measures in Arizona and in a decision that could make it harder to challenge other voting measures put in place by legislators following last year's elections. This also is a 6-3 to three decision, reversing a lower court's decision in deciding that Arizona's limits on who can return early ballots for another person and refusal to count ballots cast in the wrong precinct are not racially discriminatory. Uh, a federal appeals court in San Francisco held that the measures disproportionately affected black, Hispanic and Native American voters in violation of the Voting Rights Act. But Justice Samuel Alito wrote for a conservative majority, saying the state's interest in the integrity of elections justified the measures. What's very interesting here is that you just had this uh, decision. And then yesterday, the governor of Pennsylvania, Tom Wolfe, vetoed a bill that would have done things in the name of election integrity.
0: Yeah, but that that's going to help if that governor's decision yesterday is going to be appealed now. Sure. Now you have this Supreme Court decision, so an appeals court is going to have to say, well, the Supreme Court already ruled on this, pal. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, it's not going to be upheld. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and this is going to give some political cover for, um, shall it, let me just put it this way. Uh, uh this is being nice, cowardly politicians. Mm. Who do not want to do what's best for their state because they're worried about political blowback? This Supreme mm-hmm. Court ruling is going to give them mm-hmm. some political cover so that they will say, well, listen, I understand your concerns, but the Supreme Court's already ruled. Right. The integrity of the election itself is so important that your uh, accusation has to take a back seat.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. The Associated Press headline on this was Supreme Court Upholds Arizona Voting Restrictions.
4: Mm -hmm. They
0: chose to use that term, voting restrictions. That's showing their liberal bias in this. I'm just thinking, just a week ago, the Attorney General of the United States Mm -hmm. uh, announced they were going after Georgia. Yes. uh, For similar restrictions now that the United States Supreme Court has said no. This doesn't. This is not against a particular ethnic group. It's not going to stop them. It's simply a guard against election fraud. Right. And the protections this give actually protects everybody, regardless of their skin color. So I I think at the uh, Justice Department in Washington, D.C., I'm sure they're going to be looking at this Supreme Court decision and saying, "Okay, now what do we do?
1: Well, and I will say this as well, in, in my opinion. And again, I try to be careful I don't want to speak for minority groups. I'm I'm not a minority. Uh, well, half Greek, half Italian. I guess that would be a yeah, minority. I think. so. Uh, but um, I, I would say this: I'm guessing that black people, Hispanic, other racial, ethnic minorities don't want their vote canceled by an illegal vote either. Yeah. Because we all want our vote to count just the same as everybody else's, and it doesn't matter if you're if you're white, if you're black, you're brown, whatever. You want your vote to count just like everybody else's, and you don't want it canceled by a dead person Mm -hmm. who, quote-unquote, voted because somebody got their absentee ballot. Yeah. Okay. And
0: that's such an important point, Ed. Stacey Abrams in Georgia does not speak for all black voters in Georgia. Right. Uh, But she gets the profile. She gets the CNN interview and the ABC and the NBC interview. But she does not speak for all black people in Georgia. Right. Right. And we got, and and the left would have you to believe that there is one thought according to the color of a person's skin. That's just
1: false. Which, to me, which strikes me as a racist idea. Of course, it is. If you think that all black people think alike, or all white people think alike, that to me, is by definition a racist idea.
2: Yeah, yes. I think one of the reasons why a lot of people think this stuff is bad is because, number one, they 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 follow one particular news source and they use certain terminology and, and tell people their two cents about it. For example, a, uh, Fred mentioned how the AP referred to these as restrictions. Virtually every news outlet runs AP material, and oftentimes they read verbatim what the AP told them the story is about. So how many people today in America – will hear or read these as being restrictions rather than regulations. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between those two words. That is why people are led to believe these things are bad. It's the same thing earlier this week. We were talking about how you have all these people, including white people, that talk about how there's systemic racism in America, but they never name any examples. The reason why a lot of people believe there is systematic racism is because they heard somebody say it and they just took it as gospel and, here we are talking about
1: it. Well, and let, let me get you to do a plug for One News now and let me let me lead with this. Yes, because you just talked about, and you talked about Fred, the Associated Press headline for this story. What, go ahead and tell me what the Associated Press headline said. Supreme Court upholds Arizona voting um, restrictions. restrictions. This is what One News now changed the headline to supreme court upholds arizona voting security measures yes so you are going to get and 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 we do by contract have the right to do some editing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with the associated press headlines and stories to remove that clear bias so let our folks know where they can get this cleaned up
2: media presentation,
1: yes. even of associated press stories. Yeah,
2: our website is onenewsnow.com. That is the print version of American Family News. When you visit onenewsnow.com, look in the right side of the page. There is a section called Latest AP Headlines. And this story that we're talking about involving the Supreme Court decision on Arizona voting security measures can be found in that section at onenewsnow.com.
1: And folks can get One News Now stories.
2: Yes, You can sign up for our daily email news brief. You hear me talk about that uh, every afternoon in a newscast. Steve Jordahl mentions it as well, as well as uh, Rusty Pugh. Go to onenewsnow.com in the top right of the page. You can uh, sign up for our daily email news brief. You get one email in the usually mid-afternoon. It's got five or six stories to tell you what's going on. This one will be in today's mailing, I'm certain. And those are just five or six stories to tell you what's going on, to keep you informed, share them with other people, print them out. And most importantly, we will not sell or share your email address with others. All right. Thanks, Chris. What's what's uh, what's next in terms of stories? Well, this could very well have been the lead because a lot of people are talking about it uh, today. Donald Trump, former president, was on the U.S.-Mexico border yesterday at the invitation of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. And... uh, President Trump did meet with uh, various border security officials down there, and then he had a sit-down with Sean Hannity last night on Hannity's program on Fox News Channel. Uh, Sean Hannity and Donald Trump both talked about how we've gone from the best to the worst border in just six months' time. Clip one.
5: You built the wall. You ended
2: catch and release. Now we see what's happening. Your reaction to all of it.
0: Well, there has never been a better time six months ago, and there's never been a worse time. We had the tightest security. You could come into our country legally but you know what else we were stopping? Massive amounts of drugs, human traffickers, bad, bad people, criminals. They're emptying their jails into our country. You know, other countries are emptying their jails into our country. We never had it better, and now we've never had it worse in the history of our country.
2: Now, this, of, this visit by Trump does follow that of Kamala Harris, but she was basically uh, nowhere near the source of the problems. And she's been criticized for basically having a photo op with uh, Democratic legislators on the border and
1: that was in in El Paso uh Fred the former president uh hits it out of the park uh and one of the things he mentioned that we have talked about on American Family Radio uh is the human trafficking that's going on I mean this is this is not just about politics Mm -hmm. and this is not just about how we view the world and whether America should be the landing spot for every person who wants a better life, everybody wants a better life. The, the the question about whether how many we can help find that better life is a political question, but there are human suffering issues at play here, and human trafficking is one of those. And the president hits it spot on, and that was something that Vice President Kamala Harris stayed away from in her obviously clearly photo op visit to el paso
0: yeah you know i i am thankful uh for fox news which has really taken the lead as far as fox tv news i'm talking about because pictures are worth a thousand words and fox news as opposed to cnn abc cbs nbc the washington post uh new york times they haven't shown the pictures of the little kids being literally thrown over the wall right Uh, and I, and abandoned and abandoned just little boys and girls. And then there was this tragic story of the Mm -hmm. two-year-old standing by the side of the road. This kind of thing is happening. And then these people show up, uh, these coyotes are, are making hundreds of thousands of dollars shipping these people forward. Some of them have little wristbands on that say, you know, I'm going to go to New Jersey. I have a relative there. Well, our border people don't have the time to check this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are people who are shipping young women, young boys, kids all over the nation. We have a president right now, and we have a vice president that I'm sorry. If the truth ever does come out, are guilty of facilitating trafficking. Yes. Stop and think about that. The president of the United States facilitating trafficking, human trafficking in this country. And uh, he's down in Florida today, our president. He will not be going to the border. Right. Where the biggest crisis is right now in this country.
1: And it, and it is, it is a crisis, and it's just a catastrophe. Uh, that is what even some of the leaders of Central American countries have called it and have put the blame squarely where it belongs, and that is on the Biden administration and the president, Joe Biden. All right, folks, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we have uh, some interesting patriotic news, something yes. for you to do. And then Dr. Alex McFarlane will be joining us at 1045. You're listening to uh, today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. We'll be back in a couple of minutes.
4: Trivia Friday. Star question. What powers the impulse
1: drive. Dilithium crystals? My second um, cousin twice removed
3: was on dilithium (laughs) crystals. And every time when everybody's sitting around trying to have some peace and quiet, his arm would fly up in the air. You didn't know if he was trying to salute you or get somebody's attention. Trivia Friday, 10 a.m. Central. And two different times when he tried to say something, the garage door went up and down.
4: On American Family Radio. Random. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God.
0: After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality.
3: There are only two sexes, male or female,
4: my hormone blockers
0: in his image from american family studios is available now for free viewing visit InHisImage.movie. you're made in the image of god
3: hello americans i'm todd starnes with news and commentary next if you're a first responder you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis at liberty university we know the right training can make all the difference for your future So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. From Pettis County, Missouri, comes a story of a modern-day Good Samaritan. Marine veteran Zach Walton is a creature of habit, but the other day he felt compelled to take another route home. He was driving along the H Highway when he witnessed a violent crash. The driver of a pickup truck lost control, went over an embankment, and landed in a creek. Zach rushed to the scene, found the driver trapped inside, water flooding the compartment. So Zach jumped into the water and held the driver's head above the rising water line. Sheriff Brad Anders says it was nothing short of a miracle the driver survived. During a special ceremony at the sheriff's department, he introduced the injured motorist to his guardian angel. The sheriff honored Zach for his courage and empathy, a good Samaritan on a highway who had mercy on a wayfaring stranger. And as the good Lord told us, go and do likewise. I'm Todd Starnes.
4: Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great
3: mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1-3.
1: American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. And welcome back. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wilman today. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. Well, before the break, I promised you something uh, a little bit patriotic. And there's an organization uh, called Unite the USA, it exists to promote positive patriotism, encourage conservative standards, honor veterans. Give a voice to the poor and afflicted, and to fully apply in God we trust to daily life. And we have a representative of Unite the USA, someone who's been on our program a number of times, I'd say even many times, Stacy Stolting. Stacy, welcome back to today's issues.
4: Thank you so much. And we so appreciate all that you're doing to uh, share God's love with. With Americans and veterans specifically. Thank you so much. And yes, my sister and I uh, normally come on together, but um, uh, she she couldn't join us today. But uh, we're both uh, co-founders of Unite USA and we're really, really grateful for an opportunity to share.
1: And your sister is Carrie Stolting. And uh, you both, by the way, yes. have uh, wonderful voices. You sing Oh, uh, you do you. you do so much uh, for uh, the body of Christ and for the country. So tell oh. us uh, tell us about uh, your your latest kind of uh, uh, outreach called Email a Hero. Very kind of interesting uh, name. Tell us about that.
4: Well, thank you so much. And first of all, I have to say that was just a, a, an incredible encouragement. What you just shared. We just thank God for every opportunity to uh, to share Him with others, and be it whether we're you know singing like for President Trump or others um, other war heroes, just to, to have the opportunity to extend uh, the true hope of Christ uh, in a time of so many so many challenges. I, I I just want to give all glory to God and Amen. And uh, now I'll segue, of course, and answer your. Qu- question, uh, but Email a Hero Outreach is certainly something very much on our hearts at this time. We've all experienced a lot of challenges in how uh, the pandemic has been handled, and it's been, of course, a, a time of high stress, uh, and uh, people have have been enduring a lot, including our veterans, leading up to the 4th of July this year, uh, but this The one thing about 4th of July for veterans with invisible wounds is that it can trigger post-traumatic stress. Uh, I'm currently working on my dissertation. I'm uh, going to be a Christian psychologist, and I will be able to help people more that way, but I'm very well acquainted with just the challenges uh, when that is triggered. Um, And so I, uh, I, I really, really can't emphasize enough Please, please join us with the email hero outreach, which makes it easy to touch base with veterans who are suffering at this time. Because it's most ironic that our freedom fighters have been, our freedom givers have uh, a time of, of challenge when we're celebrating our freedom. So email Hero Outreach. People can contact us at UniteTheUSA.org. Again, that's UniteTheUSA.org. Uh, and they can fill out a form, and we will email the hero that they send us information about. So, we, Because it can be hard to find the words. So we like to make it easy for people to share God's love and hope uh, at this time.
2: It's Chris Woodward here. Uh, You know, in addition to having a lot of listeners that would be glad to help you out and will no doubt help you guys out in this effort, uh, we also have a lot of people listening that are members of uh, churches, Sunday schools, small groups, Bible studies, what have you. Uh, And, you know, those folks are planning uh, observations or ceremonies, recognitions of veterans, uh, certainly this Sunday with uh, July 4th around the corner. Is this something that um, churches, Sunday schools, small groups can help you guys out in?
4: Oh, most definitely. Uh, we we really appreciate every opportunity to to work with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, they can contact us, and we can help them. Uh, basically, make it easy to, because at this point, it's very uh, very much you know the time is of the essence. Uh, it, it's almost here, the Fourth of July, so um, but it's not too late, and so they can contact us at UniteUSA.org and we can share tips about how they can still reach out. Uh, and it's it's just wonderful to keep it simple. And I think that really is encouraging for everyone, when it's just simple from the heart. And it, it helps to remind people that veterans are on God's heart. And, you know, uh, Jesus himself said, greater love has no man than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And each veteran was willing to do that, and each veteran who has seen combat, they have memories, they have flashbacks, and it's time for us to share uh, share that comfort of the Lord with them and remind them that, that we do care as believers, that we love them, that God loves them, that there's hope in Jesus, and there's comfort that, you know, we can't even describe. His comfort exceeds our ability to describe it. And His peace certainly goes beyond our understanding. So uh, it's it's a wonderful opportunity, the 4th of July. So one tip would be for churches to look for the veterans' hats when they are at, uh, for instance, if they're having a picnic or if uh, they're in a parade uh, having a church float, um, look for the veterans with their hats uh, and Reach out to them. Offer to give them a meal. Give them a meal uh, card, or just something Just thank them and remind them that God loves them, and so do we.
1: Excellent! Just such a heartwarming and Christian thing to do. Mm-hmm. To to uh, to use the opportunity of. Uh, let me just uh, address some of our our listeners here, and
4: um, oh, yes. that
1: that uh, you know sometimes. Christians get confused. They hear people saying that patriotism is is wrong. It's you know, your only oh. your only love should be, you know, for the kingdom. Of course, that is true. our Our love should always be towards God and the kingdom. But uh, things uh, like the Fourth of July uh, are moments during the year when you can find that and use that as an opportunity to thank the people who have provided oh, yeah. the freedoms that we have that we enjoy as Christians. So I just want to encourage our listeners to, uh, to make sure they use this 4th of July as an opportunity to reach out to a specific group of people who have laid down their lives uh, to give us the freedoms that we all uh, share. Well, the, the, or, the organization, uh, we're talking with Stacy Stolting, who is rep- a representative, a co-founder, along with her sister Carrie of Unite the USA the website to go if you want to participate in this email a hero outreach is unite the usa.org unite the uh, this is a great organization and Stacy and Carrie continue to do uh, an excellent job reaching out to people Stacy thank you so much for being with us
4: Oh, thank you. And if you if a veteran is listening right now who's feeling discouraged, we're praying for you. We we love you in Christ. The Lord loves you. There is hope. So, just remember that you are not forgotten.
1: Amen. 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 Thank Amen. you, Stacy.
4: Thank you and God bless you.
1: All uh, right, thank you so much. They there. there uh, have you ever met them, Stacy and I Carrie, haven't, but
0: uh, I remember the interviews. What a what a great ministry.
1: Oh yes, it, mm. it is, and their hearts. I've I've seen I've met them, Stacy and Carrie, on a number of occasions at uh, uh, some of the. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the Washington D.C. Uh, uh, get together, the convention. see C- C- uh, No, it's not C.PAC. It's uh,
2: it. values, values voters, voters, voters. voters. Values voters. voters. Oh yes. man,
1: yeah, a little uh, COVID uh, brain fog there. Still, um, yeah, uh, I've met them on a couple of occasions, and they have they have sung for the president and. They've uh, become pretty well known in conservative circles. They just have a, a heart for people who uh, are suffering and in this case, this outreach for uh, veterans a um, uh, tip of the hat to them. so
0: you know uh, just going to mention hockey briefly. Yes, watching the opening of the games the last two nights in Tampa. yeah they take time during the just before the singing of the national anthem to honor the military both nights. Yeah. Now they have the big air force base there, but last night uh, they showed on camera, uh, a veteran who had come to the game who had been severely wounded, I believe in Afghanistan and bless his heart. uh, He was there. He was holding, I think he had a cane of some sort because he was severely injured in an attack there, but kudos to the, I'm not rooting for Tampa in the playoffs, but kudos to the Tampa team. The
2: for taking yeah.
0: time yeah. to honor our military, yeah, good for them.
1: Yeah, I, I think that there, there, I, personally, I, I know people disagree with, uh, on on some of these issues, and I I don't want to infringe on people's consciences uh, because the Bible does talk about sh- strong consciences, weak consciences. But I, I think it's a little bit of bad theology when people say there's something wrong with loving your country. The Apostle Paul loved uh, his uh, his nation. He said, "If I, I, I if I could, I would I would give give my life and soul to see yeah. my countrymen." He was talking about his natural countrymen, the Jews, mm-hmm. brought to Christ. So the, there there is certainly a, a a place for love of country. I, I, I wrote a series of articles uh, several years back on this subject, and one that I dealt with in terms of uh, loving your country, because there's a lot of people who Christians who say that's wrong; it's idolatry. Well. No, it isn't if you are loving your country in the same way that we are called to love. Uh, for example, I love my wife.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm called to love my wife. I'm called to love my children. I am called to love uh, my church family. Yeah. I am called to love my neighbor, and I'm even called to love my enemy. Well, if I'm called to love my neighbor, what in the world is wrong with expanding that Community that re- is represented by the word neighbor to include my country. I, I don't yeah, understand the... It's I don't not an the either theology- or, Yes, I don't...
0: It's not an either-or. And I just thought it was horrific in Christianity Today this week. There was an article, America's true freedom is getting to sing about God, not country. And this particular author said it'd be a shame for churches to honor
1: their country and play a patriotic tune this Sunday. If, if, the, if the hearts of the people... It, in church, are thanking God for their freedoms and the blessings that we have in this country, that idea from Christianity Today is absurd. It is. It is bad theology, and in my opinion, it is part of the demonic attack on this country as being the leader of freedom and liberty in the world that we see ongoing. The, these are individuals who have fallen prey yeah. to de- deception. Now, if you... Put the United States above the kingdom and above the church. Obviously, you've got more problems than just what this article is talking about. But that kind of absurdity is uh, starting to be seen in a lot of different places. All right. Well, one of the sane voices we like to bring onto this program <laughs> and onto the air so our listeners can uh, hear real wisdom, and that is Dr. Alex McFarlane. He's co-host of Exploring the Word. Heard weekdays at 3 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Alex, welcome back.
5: Hello, gentlemen. How are Morning. you all doing today?
1: Doing well. Doing great. Alex, let me just toss, before we uh, get to the issue we, uh, we're going to bring up with you, uh, let me just toss that question to you. Is there something antithetical to the Christian faith uh, about loving your country?
5: No, I, I don't think uh, necessarily so at all. In fact, I think it's um, in the call to be salt and light. I think it's good to, to love one's country. And when you, when you care about something, you're willing to do beneficial things for it. And uh, I, you know, I, I make no apology for loving America and being very patriotic. And I, I think that's uh, something that really Christians of all strata should do. We uh because you know wherever uh, um the church goes, uh the culture benefits uh Chuck Colson, who uh was a a personal friend, he spoke for me many times in our conferences, and uh, I cherish the the hours that I got to spend talking with Chuck Colson, but he he would frequently talk about uh redeeming all things and that God is in the business of of making all things new. But a part of that, even though we await a new heavens and a new earth, obviously, uh, we're to redeem the culture, um, e- even though we know it is transient and temporary. So this this idea that we're not to be patriotic and not to love America, some of our greatest thinkers throughout church history would disagree. Right.
1: All right, Fred, uh, we have something you wanted uh, to yes, ask, uh, um, Alex.
0: Alex, as uh, a lot of our listeners know, we've talked about now the former head of the Southern Baptist Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, Dr. Russell Moore, uh, resigned from that position recently. A week ago, when we had you on, you offered up to uh, offered yourself up if the Southern Baptist uh, wish it that uh, you would become the new head of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, and you even said you would do it without uh, accepting a salary. Uh, so I'm just curious, in the last uh, seven days since we talked to you about that and you made that offer official, uh, have you heard from anyone about that?
5: Uh, well, God bless you and thank you for uh, following up with me on that. You know, I've probably heard from a 100 pastors that, um, you know, have reached out and said, oh, my goodness, uh, I hope it happens. What may I do to help Um And what I did, I, over the weekend, wrote what I would call a position paper, just something very brief and very superficial, and posted it on Facebook. Um, So here's the thing. Uh I've probably done like 31 radio interviews, and I've heard from journalists, I've heard from pastors. Uh, The people I haven't heard from are the gatekeepers that could um, begin to act on something like this. Uh, Although I did this morning, I got a a text from a pastor in Raleigh who says, look, I know some of the movers and shakers and I want to get you on a phone call with some people that could actually, you know, begin to not make a decision, but get to the people that could make a decision. So long, long answer to a short question. I apologize. Uh, Is there anything concrete? No, not yet. But I'm, I'm entirely serious, guys. I, I would love to serve the denomination that brought me to salvation. And the, for those that may not be aware, the ERLC, um, what it's been and what it really ought to be might be two different things. Um, but it, it really ought to be a think tank that is consistently proclaiming a biblical analysis of culture and current events And the ERLC would be equipping the Southern Baptist and really believers at large to see the world through the lens of scripture, to land on a biblically informed position and to inspire people to uh, live and think biblically. And for those that are not yet Christians, to consider Christianity. So... ERLZ should be promoting unity in the church, purity of the gospel, and the authority of Scripture. And uh, with uh, events, publishing, and broadcasting, that's what I would love to do if by some miracle of God I find myself leading in that committee, or that department, rather.
0: Alex, I can't figure out at all why someone wouldn't take you up on the offer there at uh, at the powers that be at the Southern oh, you've Baptist You've been ahead of a,
1: a seminary? I mean, you, you, no. you, Sem- you.
0: Apologetics, you've spoken you, uh, to th- in thousands of Southern Baptist churches. You have the ear of the youth of the Southern yeah. Baptist churches. Uh, I mean, it seems to me you'd be an ideal candidate.
5: Well, yeah, I, I think so. I, I honestly do. And you know, it's one of those things that, I mean, it's not hubris or arrogance. Uh, I really honestly have no agenda except to further the Great Commission and hopefully see our country saved. I mean, guys, um, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom because we know God is on his throne and we know God is sovereign over the affairs of men. But I mean, we simply as a nation, we do not have the luxury to go another decade or even another five years down the road of, of moral and spiritual relativism and so here's here's one other thing that I I can guarantee, having, look I've spent the last 24 years raising money, for various events causes, and I know the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, they were they were tenuous enough as it was, and now we've got this plagiarism, um, scandal with the new newly elected president, uh, the. The new president was elected by just a razor thin fifty two percent margin. Anyway, um, they need they need vision. They need a clear message, and they need to raise money. And what with the ERLC, what what that could do could be so good to unify Baptists around a biblical worldview, and giving would go up. You know, I, I, was, I said this the other day to somebody, as a nation, think about those, the acronym ERLC, Ethics Religious Liberty Commission. See, our nation has abandoned ethics. We're losing our religious liberty, and yet we Christians still have the Great Commission. So uh, we, this arm of the, the convention could be so powerful to evangelize the lost and equip the saved. It hasn't been in recent years. Could be. And if if God allowed me to, uh, you know, help out, I would certainly be eager to do that. And I, I say I'll do it pro bono, which I will. It will not cost the denomination anything. And I'm not trying to, you know, be some, I'm not trying to be like Ross Perot was back in 92, this gadfly who's on some ego trip. Not at all. I mean, we're talking about, the preservation of a denomination that is lost at sea right now. And we're talking about ultimately our our country and our constitution. And I'm making the offer to lead ERLC because I I believe we have a very short window of opportunity to try to uh, save our nation and revive a, a floundering denomination right now.
0: Alex, given all that you've just talked about, and we mentioned your outreach to uh, the nation's youth, there's a Fox News poll out this morning that says fewer people in the United States believe that the U.S. is the best place in the world to live. And in particular, the, the numbers have gone down in the area of our youth. Uh, close to 30% now of Americans don't think the U.S. is the best place in the world to live. And it's particularly acute... Uh, the factor of turning against the United States amongst young people uh, under the age of of 45. Uh, What do you attribute that to?
5: Well, thank you for bringing this up, uh, Fred. You've got to understand, so many young people nowadays have never lived in an America that was really at her best. And they've certainly certainly never lived in an America where uh, the country was valued and affirmed. Uh, the, these millennials and younger that don't think America is a great place to live, uh, for one thing, they may have never traveled to other parts of the world, as I have, and seen you know, how the rest of the world doesn't have the amenities we take for granted. But the other thing is, look, they've come up in K-12 public school where America is endlessly denigrated. Uh, They've never sat under youth pastors or pastors that preached sermons about how God raised up America, how America's birth and the goodness of our country was not an accident. It it was uh, America, as de Tocqueville said in 1813, America is great because she's good. And so they're reflecting the worldview that's been pumped into them. Now, with ERLC and in our, uh, thank God for the American Family Radio Network. Thank God for, you know, all that all of us are doing in events, publishing and broadcasting. But we're not only trying to bring people to salvation, we're trying to help people understand, you know, what we have and what we could have. Quickly, let me share this. Um, I'm sure everybody online has seen Getty images, G-E-T-T-Y you know, there are a lot of historical photos. There's a f- very famous photo of a drought in the 30s. And finally, after several years, it began to rain. And there, there's this old grizzled farmer deliriously shouting for joy because finally it's raining and the drought is over. But there are kids in the picture that they had never seen rain before. And while, while the adults that had prayed for the drought to end were crying tears of joy, the kids were perplexed because they had never seen rain. We're living at a time when there are masses of young adults and teens. They've never seen a move of God in this nation. We who know the Lord, we've got to pray, and we've got to help this generation rediscover God and country.
1: That, that just gave me chills. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that. What a, what a great example— an illustration of what we want to see happen in this country and amen so be it uh mm-hmm. alex that uh the, our younger generations would see what they have never seen mm-hmm. a real move of god that, that i still got chills over that amen. uh alex thank you so much and uh, folks i just just asked you to pray for god's will to be done for dr alex mcfarland uh and the southern baptist convention i'm not baptist but uh, my wife was raised Baptist, and, and many of the people here at American Family Association are Baptists, and I have great respect yeah. for that denomination and mm-hmm. pray that God's will be done for it as well. Alex, thank you, brother. Appreciate it.
5: God bless you all. Take care,
4: man.
1: Dr. Alex McFarlane, co-host of Exploring the Word. You'll be able to hear him today as well as the rest of the week, uh, 3 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Folks, we're going to take a five-minute break for news. More news with Steve Jordahl right around the corner.
4: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.